1: Welcome to mini episode 222 of Real Life Ghost Stories and I have four spooky stories for you today and the last story comes from the 28th of October 2022 and story number one comes from Ellie. When I was around 15 or 16 I used to babysit for a little boy across the road who was around three at the time. His family had moved onto our street maybe a year and a half prior to this event hoping for a new start due to his dad passing away quite suddenly. He had two older brothers a few years younger than me and a fairly young mother with her new boyfriend, all very lovely people. I had babysat a couple of times but this story is about the first ever time I looked after him. It was a Saturday night and the mum and her boyfriend were going out for the evening. The brothers were staying out with their biological dad, leaving me and the little boy alone in the home. He had eaten his dinner and we were just watching TV and playing a few board games before bedtime. I just took him in and turned off his light when there was a knock at the door. The door was directly at the bottom of the stairs, so I could see that someone was stood outside. I opened the door to a food delivery man. Number 26. Sorry, wrong house, I said, and he apologised, got back into his car and drove away. I turned around to see the little boy at the top of the stairs stood in the dark. Big nope, by the way. I said... ''Hey, what are you doing out of bed?'' He replied, ''Where's the man at the door gone?'' I told him that the man had the wrong house and that he needed to go back to bed. While tucking him in, he said, ''But he's still here.'' I told him to stop being silly, that I watched him leave and not to worry. Maybe 30 minutes later, the little boy came downstairs and said, ''The man is in the hallway.'' ''What man?'' I asked, ''The one at the door.'' We went to the front door where I opened it and showed him that nobody was there. See, everyone is in bed just like you should be. And he shook his head. But he keeps looking at you, he doesn't know who you are. My heart stopped. Don't bring me into this, buddy. I've always been into spooky things, but at the same time, very much part of the scared of the dark club. I know that kids are way more in tune with the spiritual world, whether they like it or not. I certainly don't. He kept saying that the man was in the hallway and didn't know me. I asked him what the man looked like and he just said Big Once the little boy was asleep, I stayed on guard in the living room until his mum came home. I didn't mention anything about the man in the hallway because I didn't want her to think that I was weird. On my way out the front door I noticed something. On the stand by the door next to the key ball was a photo of the little boy's late father. I believe that the man that the little boy was seeing was his dad, who was there to protect him from me who he didn't know. I looked after the little boy a handful of times after this and the man was never mentioned again. I think once his father's spirit knew that I wasn't a threat to his son, he could leave us alone. One thing to note is that the little boy is named after his father, which I think makes the connection even closer. Also kind of explains the man being described as big. Every little boy's dad is big in their eyes. With him being so young when he passed, I don't know whether maybe he didn't recognise him or if the spirit was more of a shape than person-like. Once I looked at it this way, I wasn't scared to be in the house anymore. I felt more comforted. We often hear stories of protection from the afterlife, so I don't think that this was a stretch by any means. Yet more evidence of kids being creepy. That's only half a joke because imagine you turn around And the kid is just standing there in the hallway in the darkness being like, where's the man? The man's still in the hallway. I just fling the kid out the window and be done with it. To be very serious for a minute, we can't possibly know what happens after we die. Maybe it's something, maybe it's nothing. But maybe our loved ones do come back and forge a connection with us. Who is to say? And this is yet another story where people, I think, can take comfort from that, that their loved ones, when they die, they will come back and look after you. I very much love the rationale of I'm just not going to say anything about this kid being weird in case the mother thinks that I'm weird because I totally understand that as a teenager but as an adult I'd be like hey your kid was saying some really weird shit and I think you need to know about it. And story number two comes from Haley. A long time friend of mine passed away in the late summer of 2021 after a long battle with addiction. We were very close until the few years leading up to her death growing apart as she prioritised her addiction over her relationships. We still stayed in contact, as I would check in on her periodically and share updates here and there. I had just had a baby six weeks prior to her passing, so I wasn't getting much sleep at the time. But a few times she visited my dreams. It seemed different when she would visit. It wasn't like dreaming of her, but more like she would find me in my dream and appear without context. The first time it was like she was telling me she had died as if I didn't know. She pulled me away from whatever was going on in my dream to hug me, tell me that she loved me, and then turned stone and crumbled like she was telling me that she'd returned to the earth. She was a geology major in college, so this really made sense to me to involve these elements. In later dreams, she'd just wake up to say hello, totally randomly, until one of the last dreams I had of her. That time it was more like I would come to her to find her using again and looking unhealthy and I remember saying that I didn't want to see her that way so she stopped visiting and I haven't seen her since. However in the weeks leading up to the year anniversary of her death my daughter kept picking up a framed photo of her that I was given at her funeral and would carry it around with her. She did this over and over until a week or two after the date and hasn't done it since. Maybe she doesn't feel the need to connect with me anymore but still wants to check in on my baby that she was never able to meet Earthside. Addiction is just so hard. It's so hard for everybody involved, be it the addict or the people in the orbit of the addict. It's just so awful. And I guess for a lot of people, they mourn the loss of that person way before they lose them physically. And I'd like to think, Haley, that maybe, maybe your friend is dropping in from time to time to look at the little one that she never got to meet in real life and maybe she is dropping it in your dreams to to just say hey and be like look I'm here have some closure I'm still here for you I know things were really awful but I'm still able to connect with you in some way it's very sweet that your daughter was picking up a framed photo of her and and carrying it around with her in that time of the anniversary I mean who knows who knows maybe that was her way of connecting with you maybe that was your daughter's way of recognizing that you were going through something and somehow intuitively knowing what the source of that was either way it's very lovely And stray number three comes from Danielle. I come from a family that loves Halloween, horror, and anything paranormal. The one paranormal experience I can 100% vouch for happened after my dog Baron died. Baron was a big husky sheepdog mix with lots of hair. He never barked, but you could always hear him walking through the house because of his long nails and our hardwood floors. He was also just a big dog, His favourite spot was on the dining room rug and whenever we came home through the downstairs you would hear him get up in the dining room and make his way to the top steps. Baron was always afraid of the stairs and would not come down. He would just happily wait for you at the top. Baron lived a long life but towards the end he had trouble walking and eating. The last few days of October were particularly hard for him but I remember asking him not to pass on Halloween since it was our favourite holiday. That sounds kind of selfish now that I think about it, but it was what ten-year-old me wanted for the family. He ended up passing on November the 1st, but he wasn't ready to leave just yet. One day I came home early from school with my mom, and like clockwork I heard the familiar tip tapping of nails on the floor that led to the top of the stairs. I looked at my mom and said, Did you hear that? She said she heard it every day she came home from work. It wasn't scary, but it was strange and kind of comforting. One day, my aunt came over and we were downstairs hanging out. Once again, I heard the tip-tapping across the floor to the top of the stairs. I looked at the base of the stairs, expecting to see a shadow cast on the wall, but nothing was there. I noticed out of the corner of my eye that my aunt had heard it as well and had a funny look on her face. My mom was talking to her, but she interrupted her to say what she had heard and asked me if I had heard the same thing. It confirmed to me that it wasn't just me and my family hearing things. The sound is so distinct that I don't think it can be replicated with anything else. We had a cat named Murphy, but he could not mimic the sound of my dog's heavy footsteps and nail tapping. Sadly, my cat was diagnosed with cancer and died not long after Baron. Baron and Murphy were best friends, and once Murphy died, we no longer heard the nail tapping. We think that Baron was waiting for his brother before moving on. I've had one other experience that was strange and scary but I'm not sure if it was paranormal. In the spring of 2018 I was coming out of a depression and starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. It was a warm spring day but cloudy and dreary. I was walking back to the parking lot from class at my university when I saw a little brown animal run under my car. I would never seen a woodchuck hanging around in the past so I assumed that's what it was. Nevertheless. I didn't want to mess with it and was a little wary. I looked under my car and it was gone. I don't know why, but I had a weird feeling. There was no one else in the parking lot and it was dead quiet. No birds, no breeze, nothing. As I got into the car, my phone rang and I answered expecting to hear from my mom. I said hello, but no answer. I said hello again and what I heard sent me into a panic. It sounded like someone or something was talking to me in a loud, breathy voice. I couldn't make out what they were saying. It almost sounded like they were breathing in while talking or talking backwards. It put such a fear into me that I couldn't think or speak. I tried to end the call but my phone wouldn't shut off. I threw the phone down and got out of the car. I almost thought I was being pranked but there was no one around. I heard my phone ringing again and when I picked it up it was my mom. She said she heard me say hello, but then nothing. I told her what happened and broke down crying. I choked it up to an issue with the cell towers or something, but the fear I felt hearing that voice was so palpable. The ride home was long. The whole way I felt like I wasn't alone in the car, and at one point I had to stop and check my trunk to make sure I really was alone. Sometimes I wonder if it was just my anxious brain overreacting. I'm not religious, so I don't know if I believe in things like demons, but whatever it was felt like evil. We love a story of an animal that comes back to let you know that they are okay. And I love the fact that Baron was just waiting for Murphy. And that makes me really happy because I love when animals are little best friends. And I know exactly the sound you're talking about of nails on on floors. Completely know what you're talking about. And there is losing a pet is so hard. It is so incredibly hard. But I love the fact that there have been so many stories on this podcast About pets who have come back to say, hey, I'm okay and I'm still here looking after you. Now, as for the other story, for some reason, it really gave me the chills. I think the idea of answering the phone expecting to hear your mom and then what you hear is some like weird backwards voice or this voice of somebody talking while they're breathing inwards that's pretty distressing. And it really, oh, I could imagine what you heard and it gave me the chills completely. I'm going to give you a little um, glimpse into my naivety or maybe my ignorance. I don't know. I was like a woodchuck. I thought they weren't real. I thought they were just in the rhyme. You know, how much wood can a woodchuck chuck? Uh, Looked it up. Woodchucks are groundhogs. They're one and the same. Did everybody else know this? I mean, of course they did. That's a pretty stupid question. (laughs) Of course, people who know this know this. I I am shook to death by the fact that woodchucks are actually groundhogs. Did you come into contact with some sort of little fae that you annoyed by just being in its presence? Wasn't your fault and it interfered with your technology? Just putting it out there. I know it depends on where you're from in the US, but, um, Pukwudgies are a thing. And story number four comes from Laurie. The reason for my writing in is because of something intriguing I heard on day 27 of 31 Days of Terror. I'm sure you remember, but in Penny's story, the reverend told her to put her right thumb into her left palm. When I heard that, it immediately sparked my memory of a superstition dealing with the evil eye. She said that no one knew why the reverend had her do it, so maybe you could pass this along to her to help her gain some insight into it. What I think it might have been is actually more commonly a Jewish and Middle Eastern superstition that wards off the evil eye. It is believed that when in a place or in a situation that a person feels uncomfortable they should put their right thumb into the left palm and state I descend from the seed of Joseph over whom the evil eye has no dominion. The superstition of the evil eye is across many cultures and there are some small differences between every one but if bringing her right thumb to the left palm brings her comfort she should continue to do it and hopefully it protects her from anything that may wish harm upon her. I'm very aware that Laurie was like pass this along to her but I decided to pass it along to everybody because I did not know this. I remember at the time reading the story being like oh I wonder what that's all about and I had no idea and there are as Laurie said lots of cultures all over the world that have belief in the evil eye and I wonder if what was recommended to Penny by the reverend was some sort of version of that. How interesting. I love These little tidbits of information that we end up getting, it makes me really happy. Thank you, Laurie, for educating us. And thank you so much to Ellie, Haley, Danielle and Laurie for sending in your stories. Remember the last story came from the 28th of October 2022 and if you would like to submit your story you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com and if you are desperate for extra content you can sign up to Patreon that is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month you get access to heaps of extra content as well as every single main and mini episode completely